Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real-life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast. Brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show Farzan Hassari talking all about innovation. In fact, this is the first of a series that we will be having on innovation because I love the topic of innovation. I think innovation is absolutely critical to any business, um, but particularly to this industry that we are in where we have such an impact on people's lives as they're buying and selling businesses. Um, And so because innovation is a topic dear to my heart, I'm going to create a series on it. Why not? Um, So Farzan Hassari from Link Melbourne and Link Tasmania is on the program today to talk all about his take on innovation. He's talking today about innovation within the industry, how to be disruptive in the industry, how to plan innovation and commit to innovation from a business perspective, what that looks like from a resourcing perspective. We really even get deep into understanding how much in terms of revenue is allocated to um, this concept of innovation and disruption. Um, And we also look at where the greatest opportunities lie in the future for innovation. Well, buckle in. Here we go for our very first episode in the innovation series with Farzan. Here we go. Farzan, hello. Welcome on board to the Deal Room podcast today. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, it is so good to have you. So good to have you because we're talking about one of my favorite topics, innovation. Innovation. I love innovation. In fact, we've got three core values at Aspect Legal and one of them is innovation. So there you go. Um, Favorite topic of mine, I love to think about ways that we can innovate in this industry. So, but before we get into that, Fazan, why don't you just give us a super quick background of who you are and what you do? Oh, that's a long story. I don't want to bore you with too much of it. I mean, might, be, might, might get it into two podcasts maybe, you know, who knows? But I, I like to think that we share the same values, you know. Um, one of our values is innovation and disruption. Um, so, you know, we're a uh, – I, I – Started at a very young age. I, I um, uh, actually, I've got a funny, funny background. Emily's heard this about a million times, but I'll tell you, it's. Uh, I start. I always wanted to have this be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to be in business at a very young age, and I think it was around the age of fourteen. I, um, when DVD players were about a thousand dollars each, I ended up uh, borrowing about a thousand dollars from my mum to what I thought was going to be a delivery, a delivery of about a you know a couple of hundred. DVD players from China uh, that didn't turn up, and uh, I got scammed through um, Western Union money transfer. And uh, the entrepreneur in me go, you know what? Give it another shot. So I borrowed another thousand, and uh, this time I did some DD, as you say, uh, made sure that I was buying it from a reputable source, and I bought uh, a whole bunch of five disc DVD players for about forty dollars, landed in Hobart, where they were selling for about a thousand dollars. And um, from there, uh, 
learned the trade of the business. We ended up building a little mini empire uh, from that. Uh, at that point when I exited, that was probably three years later, um, bought, a, bought my first business at 17. Um, the landlord wouldn't approve me as a tenant, so he didn't know who I was. I bought the business in cash from the money that I made from this business that I had. Um, and uh, yeah, and he, he then met me, he took me under his wing, and um, what I know in commercial and business negotiations, I learned through him. And uh, from there, I went into the tech space for a little while. Um, I had a bit of an exit of the businesses at about, I think, the age of 25, 26, went into the tech space. Um, we wanted to change things for the better. We didn't have any money. We were earning $200 a week between the four of us. Uh, <laughs> we were slumming it. And um, I came across, you know, and there was a time came for us to exit that business. I thought, oh, I've got to sell this now. And uh, who do I contact? And it's funny, I spoke to a bunch of people that said, and everything came up was, you got to speak to a business broker. Um, but most business brokers that I spoke to, it was like, how much do you want to sell your business for? <laughs> Not, let's find out what your business is worth. And it was from that discovery that I realized, you know what, there's got to be a better way of doing this. Um, and uh, my discovery led me to Link. And I joined Link when I was about 20, uh, 26 or 27 um, at a very young age. Um, we established a brand here at a small town, Hobart. Um, we grew it. Um, we won every award that could have won. It did really well. And uh, we grew that business into Melbourne and grew the empire. We're, you know, from one person, we're a team of a hundred now, almost. So, um, in the in a short six or seven years, we've been doing it. So that's the short version. Fabulous! It's so interesting, actually. I I find it fascinating. So many brokers I speak to actually come into broking off the back of selling their own business. It's such. It's fascinating. <laughs> you know? There's two reasons they do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's sort of a longer runway you know, these days and when you started, I guess, licensing and all of those sorts of things. But, um, you know, fascinating that, you know, selling a business is, is you, you, would you say it's the most on the basis of the brokers that, that you have, um, w would you say it's the most common lead into being a broker, selling a business? Yes. And I like to think people get into it for the wrong reasons. Sometimes they, um, business brokering, is about helping people achieve a goal. Uh, sometimes we see people get into it because they think they can make a quick buck uh, and that's where things go astray. Um, where they don't, this is hence the reason why we've got the values that we have. Integrity is one of them. Uh, we, we do things very differently and, um, and those that get into it because they go, oh, you sold my business. Wow, you made quick cash for what it seemed to be not a lot of work. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting into that business. <laughs> so we get a lot of those. <laughs> um, and they and, suddenly realise how much work's involved. Hey? Yeah, yeah, and then they kind of fall off the way back. And, and, and the ones that are successful are the ones that go, um, you know what, I, I can see this uh, being done better. I can see this um, uh, helping people. I like to be able to help and assist people and I want to be part of a, a, a group that's disruptive and innovative and um, hence we do what we do. Okay, well let's let's get to that now. Let's get to doing doing it better, being disruptive, being innovative. 
What does this mean in the business broking industry? What does this mean to you? What does it mean to be disruptive in the industry? Well, let's look at it like this. Real estate, when people refer to business brokers, they think of us as real estate agents. We're not real estate agents, right? We do things very differently. Well, they probably think about uh, they think of it that way because you know of the licensing regime, which you, you know the I think is a bit nuts. But anyway, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about why it's not the same well, as that's not. real estate. Yeah, yeah. the complete opposite. Um, and the fees that real estate is charged you know, in the real estate game, um, it's a transaction based business. It's a, it's a volume based business. You. You know, off the back of selling one house, you might get three appraisals and one of those leads into a listing and you keep going and going and going. With business, it doesn't work like that. In, in business, it's about delivering results. Uh, it's as a broker, uh, you're in the middleman, essentially, right? Uh, you're connecting the buyer and the seller. Uh, and there's a lot of emotions and a lot of juggling to be done to get the deal done. Uh, lawyers play a part, business advisors and accountants play a part. Um, and like I said, emotions are put that into a pot and mix it and just imagine what you can get. Um, and uh, and I think innovation hasn't happened in the business brokering world. It has happened in the real estate world. Um, you know, your uh, people, when they go to online to look for a house, they go to one or two websites, they do a search for a suburb and pop it comes. Uh, real estate agents have far more resources available to them to when it comes to assessing or getting a market appraisal for a property. You know, CoreLogic and PriceFinder will give you an indicative price range for a particular property and you can find out what a particular property is sold for down the road and you can price it your property in a similar guide. But business brokers don't do that or can't do that because there's nothing available. Um, the marketing of the properties and business is very different as well. You know, where a house you advertise on one or two websites and you get the inquiries from there, maybe even your own database, Business brokering, it's not. You got seven or eight different websites where they're all catered for a segment of the market. So, um, and that's one side of it. And the other side is, right, so I've got this business. How do I prepare it? How do I price it? How do I place it? How do I match it with the buyer? So, and that's where innovation comes in. That's where disruption comes in. That's where um, we see the potential of changing all that. And the people that are with us believe in that journey. You know, we um, we have like-minded people part of it, that journey with us. And uh, everything that we do is on the back of innovation and disruption. So if we want to do what um, the prop techs and uh, I guess uh, tech businesses done for the real estate industry, we want to do the same for business brokering. So what's a practical example then of innovation that you've managed to achieve so far? Biggest one for us, hands down is our proprietary valuation software. You know, this tool was developed with the help of uh, uh, University of Auckland many years ago. Uh, and over the years it's transitioned and developed and it's further developing even further today. Um, it's back of data, it, that's what it works out of. It's, uh, it's allowing us to be able to be more factful with the information that we give to our potential vendors and our purchasers. It's being honest and uh, informed, uh, being well informed uh, when you are speaking to a potential buyer or a vendor. Um, so that valuation software doesn't just assess the business on its financials that provided by accountants, but it also looks at what we call market weighing factors and conditions, vulnerability to risk, um, regulation, uh, disruption, uh, how reliant the business is on the vendor or how long it's been established for. And it doesn't do a like-for-like -like comparison 
by a generalist. It compares an industry based on industry. So we never compare a cafe to a manufacturing business and vice versa. So, um, and then it looks at what that business, uh, what the EBITDA for that business is, what the risk factors for that business was and the multiple that it achieved and what the final selling price was. And when we do an assessment of another business, we can accurately say a business similar to yours in a similar financial standing with a similar weighing factors sold for a multiple of range between X and X. Now, that's 95% accurate. And that's how we can price businesses. But that, I mean, you know, we've been through a period of incredible change over the last two years, um, you know, unprecedented, as we use this word all the time, but unprecedented, you know, absolutely is the right word to use for the, the change that we've seen over the last couple of years. And, of course, that has had an impact on many of the factors that um, I guess you have been talking about to, that contribute to valuation. How is it that you keep this sort of software current? Like presumably you need not just to be tracking um, latest um, sale data, but also movements within, you know, supply and demand within various industries. So, So how do you approach that? market trends, uh, external factors. Um, so one of the things that we're now developing is getting access from third-party data points. So for example, getting information from the ABS, uh, getting information from the International Business Broker Association, as well as the Institute of Australian Business Brokers. Uh, anywhere that we can get facts and data in terms of trends and identifying how that affects a business valuation or multiple, or in fact, demand of a business, that's what we're capturing at the moment. It's all about data, right? So the data that we put into this engine is what compiles out and gives us the information that we need to give to our vendors and our purchases. So it's about being relevant. It's about continuously evolving and updating and innovating. <laughs> it's never a, uh, we've done it, it's done, no more work required, see you next year. I <laughs> know oh, that's the thing with innovation. It's about yeah. <laughs> it's about because we're exactly the same constantly. But I can't see any point where the innovation would end. But um, you know that's what makes it fun. So we've talked about the innovation in valuation software. What about disruption? You talked before about this the this word disruption, which obviously is a little bit different to innovation. What do you do? Do you think that's disruptive? Well, let me put it to you this way. Service is a, I heard this from a friend of mine who's a lawyer and uh, he said to me, service is something that someone can do for themselves if they work out how to do it. Um, you know, you go to a lawyer or you go to a business advisor or an accountant, you can do your own taxes. You can probably give, you can Google and get your own advice, right? Uh, hence the reason you can potentially sell your own business. Um, and, uh, and more often than not, people will try to sell their own businesses, right? So, um, and, uh, and we're just trying to make it so that, um, through disruption is we're trying to show them that yes, it can be done. You can sell your own business. And what we want to do is we want to create tools, a suite of products, uh, that it works alongside our brokers. So they're still relevant in the evolution of what's to come in the technology world, where they're still going to be relevant. Uh, when technology does come up and clients go, well, you're doing everything that I can do myself. What am I paying you for? So it's about getting them to be in a place where they are present and they know the tools that they have there in their suitcase, in their, in their, uh, in their arsenal, uh, and how they can deploy them in order to help their clients. Um, now, 
as you know, we've seen uh, the likes of realestate.com, they're moving into uh, mortgage brokering themselves, you know, they're moving into the lead generation and sooner rather than later, there will come a time where, you know, they, they'll probably go directly to the consumer and say, hey, if you want to sell your house, all you got to do is advertise on this website and you'll get the inquiries and we'll connect you to a conveyancer and we'll connect you to a person that will give you this advice. Save the commission. That would come with business brokering as well. It's just how you're going to position yourself to be there so you're still relevant to your client. Now, those are the things that we're working on in the back end. Um, and yeah, AI plays a big part in that. So AI plays a big part in what way? How, how are you using AI? Oh, God, I'm going to be careful what I give away here, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We're dealing in the big, you know, trade secrets here at the moment. Okay, yeah, fabulous. Yeah. yeah, look, AI, AI is going to play a big part in innovation and disruption. Um, you know, in the years to come, when, you know, you got the days of when we're thinking a self-driving car was just a theory we see in sci-fi movies where you can drive one in a, in a Tesla these days, right? Um, there's no different from having... Uh, a business broker or a finance broker or, a, um, or even a real estate agent that's somewhat AI-based, um, where, you know, they, they think and act like a salesperson, but they're virtual. Now, who knows how far away that is? Could it be a year? Could it be two? Probably not. Could it be 10, 20, 15? Jeez, 10 years ago, we didn't think about having driverless cars uh, or electric cars for that matter. So, you know, so it could change very quickly. It absolutely can change very quickly. You know, I remember, I don't know if I'm going to sound old now or not, but anyway, I, I remember when they when they brought out, you know, the, the iPad, the tablet, and I, I just couldn't even understand what on earth are they talking about with this thing because I thought they were talking about a table, not a tablet. Of course, none of us knew what a tablet was, but it sounded like a table to me. Who the hell is going to want to buy a table? <laughs> you can't, you know. But tablets are now part of our everyday life. So there you go. You know, it's it's, it's, it's without it. Yeah. <laughs> and the convergence, of course, our phones, where our phones have become, you know, where we can see the internet, where we, you know, can can use a camera, video, <laughs> you know, photos. All in one, you know, this convergence. Anyway. Possibilities are endless, right? That's exactly it. So I'm looking forward to seeing where you're taking this AI in business broking. I can see our chatbots coming up selling um, selling businesses in the near future. Watch this, watch Link. <laughs> That's it. Look out. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. And, and just very quickly, um, because we're running out of time here, but I've got a couple of other things I really, really, really want to ask you. Firstly... How do you approach innovation from a company perspective? Just, I, I mean, practically speaking, what does that look like? Do you sit down every Friday and, you know, have an hour where, where you're thinking about what to do? Do you organize team meetings? Like, give it to us practically. What does it mean? How do you do it? I'm the crazy entrepreneur, visionary guy, and every visionary, crazy entrepreneur needs a person beside him that goes, that's too crazy. 
yes, we can do it. Let's find a way to make it happen. Or you're flat out crazy out of your mind. And that's my business partner, Noir. Um, he's the complete opposite to me. He's the, you know, uh, that sounds like a sensible balance. I think I just is. don't have no people, and that's my problem. He's the the, uh, the calm to my madness. He's the uh, he's the person that would, uh, has never shied away from a challenge. We grew up together. We've been friends since about ten years old. He took out a different path in academics, and he went to become a. He did medicine and pharmacy. He's an absolute of a. A champion of a human being, and he's um, he's with me in our business, and he looks after the the crazy part of our business where I could never do what he does, um, and you know, and and the partnership that we have is when we have meetings or we have ideas, we never say that's not a good idea or no, that will never work. No is not a word. Let's explore it. Let's see how it fits in. Let's see if there's a way that we can make it work. We explore every option. We do research. We trial things. We um, and and for it for that same reason we are where we are today for that very same path that we've taken. Where you know um, it's never been my idea is better than yours or that idea won't work. It's always been let's explore it further. That's more than just you know um, a, a thought process as well because you 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 practically have to make time for that. Then you know you're talking about. You know, presumably in the background, you know, I'm assuming you have meetings set aside where, where you're looking at ideas and you have budgets and resources set aside for the research and the development and, and, and the dedication to, is that right? Is that, is that what it looks like practically for you? So we've got, we've allocated a portion of our revenue towards uh, marketing, a portion revenue to technology. Uh, what portion that is? Yeah, um, I was going to ask it. Like, you don't have to answer. I was going to no, ask it. Look, <laughs> it depends on which day of the week you ask uh, and then what's left <laughs> in the kitty end of the month, right? We have a, um, we, we allocate, uh, and I couldn't tell you, I know it's a substantial amount because we, we keep investing it. Um, you know, we're investing in uh, a, a tech platform that allows our clients to, for example, um, uh, boost and update their listings simultaneously on external websites without having the need to go through so many different steps to get there. So that's one of the innovations that we've done. Um, but um, in terms of a budget, um, I do know that you know our marketing and technology budget is somewhere between five and ten percent of our revenue at any given time that we reinvest back into it. Um, so, and that was marketing, and 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 what about innovation? Innovation, I would say, is probably another ten percent uh, of our. Sometimes we take we don't portion revenue, we portion profit. So reinvest the profit in the business back into innovation. Um, so we don't take dividends for ourselves, right? So we reinvest everything back into our businesses. 100% of every dollar that we earn goes back into the business. And it's led us to where we are today. You know, that's commitment. That's commitment to innovation right there, Fazan. <laughs> no, we haven't taken a single dividend for the past uh, four years. It's all gone back into uh, growing our businesses. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. One, one last question, really, uh, really quick question. Where do you think is the greatest opportunity um, for future innovation right now? What's the lowest hanging fruit? What we've seen is that every bit of research, every bit of information, every fact that we've gathered so far tells us that uh, we are going through a seismic change or a shift in wealth. Uh, a lot of baby boomers that are exiting their businesses without a set 
um, exit strategy um, or, or a succession plan, for that lack of a better word. Um, they, for whatever reason, they think, right, I've had enough, my staff are not, you know, I just can't deal with it anymore, I'm going to sell the business. And, um, and they come to us and they go, right, I want to sell. And we go, gee, you're not ready yet or you're not on a path yet. Let's get you ready for exit, right? Um, so what we want to do is we want to get in front of as many people as we possibly can earlier before they even decide they want to exit. And the question is, hey, do you want to sell? That's not the question. The question is, there will come a time when you're going to exit. Right, there will come a time when you want to get out of your business and we want to be there to make it happen for you. We want to prepare you for that time. So let's start the conversation early. So our job right now is to connect with as many of those businesses out there. And there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of those businesses across Australia at the moment where they haven't got an exit strategy. Some of them are going through a growth perhaps, but most of them are planning an exit or thinking about an exit, but they haven't thought about it or the processes to do it. Yeah, look, I just have to jump in there because I completely agree. I mean, you, you're preaching to the converted. I think most people who probably who listen to this podcast w- would absolutely agree with what you're saying. The problem is my experience has been that it is so that is hard messaging to get out there. You know, we all know that's the message that has to get out there and that will move the needle, you know, or is it move the dial? Anyway, whatevs, move <laughs> the dial yeah. for those business owners. Yeah. You know, it's so substantially if business owners think far earlier than they usually do about exit. But you know what? That messaging is super hard to get out there. I know because I use that messaging for many years and, and, and I don't use that messaging anymore because it's so hard to get through. And I focus on growth messaging at the moment, you know, um, and, and in fact, it's the reason why I wrote the book by Grow Exit, not Exit, Exit, Exit. <laughs> I just got the book, by the way. Thank you. Oh, good. Excellent. You got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah. Good, got good it. to hear. Good to hear. And, uh, but, but it's also, it, it, it's why I wrote the book about that, um, I guess that trilogy, that connection of these three stages of business, because business owners, the messaging that are, is accessible to them is growth, not exit when they're not ready to exit because um, for whatever reason, and and it's super frustrating. It's like bashing your head against a brick wall, but but it's so hard to get that messaging out, isn't it? But, you know. You're right. You're right. And growth growth is an interesting one. Um, we use growth through acquisition as part of our one of our strategies when we're talking to people. So we give them options. When we're talking to them, we go, do you want to exit? Do you want to grow through acquisition? Uh, or, you know, what, what's your plan for the future? And you're 100% right, right? So, um, you know, why would you exit a business that is not ready for an exit or the business has some potential to still continue to grow? Um, or if there's a strategic acquisition to be made through a merger, why wouldn't you consider that? So there's all those options. Couldn't agree with you more. I 100% agree. Um, and you know what? This is why the hardest thing for us is, is recruiting the like-minded people that see the same vision, share the same passion, and want to come along the journey with us. Uh, and we're getting there. You know, our team is growing. You know, we're bringing on those people. Not so many of those business owners that have exited. <laughs> they want to sell the business now. All <laughs> your, um, your, you know, your CPAs and your business advisors, or, uh, or even sometimes even solicitors that go. You know, I, I actually got a lot of clients that could benefit from your systems and your tools um, and your network. So yeah, so we're quite fortunate to be in the position we are. We've 
hasn't come easy, hasn't hasn't been without its challenges, but it's um, it's exciting to be where we are today. Brilliant. Well, just look, a huge thank you for coming onto the show today, Faz. And then how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to find out more about what you guys do? Thank you. So look, um, uh, our group is called linkbusiness.com.au. We are an international group between uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, US and uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, I look after, amongst other partners, I look after Victoria, South Australia and Tasmania. Now, um, you can find me at linkbusiness.com.au and you can uh, click on contact us and select either uh, Tasmania, Melbourne or Adelaide and one of us should come up with one of those profiles. We should be there somewhere. <laughs> um, alternatively, <laughs> just Google Link Business. See what comes up. Hopefully, we'll, we'll rank up in Google. <laughs> Hopefully, you do. As well. <laughs> someone, someone's on their work. <laughs> do you know what? We'll help out. We'll help out. We'll link to you in the show notes. So if you, if you do a search and you don't find Faz and they're in, in one of the first lines, then uh, that's okay. Juicy is a link in our show notes. Faz and huge thank you for coming on to the show today. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast. And of course, it is the first of our ongoing series in innovation. So stay tuned. We will have many more episodes coming up in innovation. And if you think you are a bit of an innovator within the industry, then please drop us a note at info at aspectlegal.com.au and say you want to talk about innovation on the Deal Room podcast. And we'd love to have you on the show because we're looking for any stories of innovation within the industry. And if you just like more information about anything that we talked about in today's episodes, then check out the show notes where we will link straight through to our episode website page where you can find details of how to contact Farzan um, and Link Business Brokers. And you'll also there be able to find details of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you would like any assistance with an acquisition or sale of a business. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then don't forget to pop over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to leave us a review. We'd be ever so grateful. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button while you're there as well. Well, that's it. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. I am so very excited to announce that I've hit a non-podcast related milestone and released a book. You might wonder why? Simple, I wanted to help business owners understand the mechanics of deal making and the interaction between three critical phases of business, acquisition, growth and exit. And so I am very happy to announce Buy, Grow, Exit, a guidebook for business owners and their advisors on how to buy, grow and guess what, exit in a way that maximizes value and avoids landmines along the way. The book is available now, so just head over to buygrowexit.com.au to get your copy and to access a whole heap of free resources that will really help you on your journey of acquisition, growth and exit in your business or in working with your clients. 
Also check out our show notes where we will link straight through to that page. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. Thank you.